Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. And they believed so much that the power of God was upon him. And they brought sick people. Can you imagine that? They brought people on stretchers and they laid them in the streets. And they knew that God was working in this man so much that his shadow coming across him would begin to heal people as he walked down the road. The power of God present in a man. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do because I go unto my Father. But we must hunger and thirst for it because it is available to us today and the world needs to see it. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, this morning, once again, once again, I want to welcome everybody that is here uh, and welcome also our online community that are gathering from all around the world to hear a word from God. I pray today that as you are listening and as you are watching I pray today that you will experience the power and presence of the Holy Spirit of God in your lives. That every yoke of oppression, depression, frustration, aggravation, confusion, all of that will be torn away from you. And that you would walk in the joy of the Lord because it is the joy of the Lord that is your strength. I pray a perfect peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding. I pray his peace will keep your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what you are facing, know that Jesus loves you and know that there is a small church there in Bremen, Georgia, who is praying for you. We love you guys. And thanks for tuning in today. Well, as you know, we've been in a series and this is part number seven of the series and it is entitled restore the glory, restore the glory, restore the glory. If there's ever a time if there's ever a time that the church needs the glory of God upon it, I believe it is now. As darkness covers the earth and gross darkness, the people, as the Bible declares in Isaiah, uh, the light of God will arise and his glory will be seen upon us. And people will be drawn to that light. All nations will be drawn to the light of Christ in you. And it's our responsibility to allow the light of God to show greatly. Last week, we spoke from the subject of they need evidence. They need evidence. The world needs evidence. The world needs proof that what you're preaching is actually real, that Jesus actually exists. This is just not, uh, the Bible is not for academic reasons and purposes. It is, a, it is a book. It is a guide that leads us into the presence of God that leads us, into the Father's, leads us into the Father's heart. It's a gateway into the supernatural things of God. It was never meant to be just a book that sits on a coffee table. Now let me say something, and I need you to hear this. Your Bible, if it's on the coffee table, whether it's, or whether it's a paper, paper or whether it's digital media, the Bible, we don't worship the Bible. The Bible takes you to God. The word of God leads you to God. Well, it's like a man who would, or a, let's say a lady who got a love letter from her, from her boyfriend or someone, and 
And instead of now he's at the door, he sent these nice love letters to her. And she just loves every one of these love letters. I mean, and all that good stuff. And he's finally at the door. But instead of answering the door, she just holds on to the letters. It's the letters that lead you to the person. It is a word of God that leads you into an intimate walk and relationship with God. Hallelujah. The word leads you to the father. And even Jesus, as he walked upon the earth, the word of God in physical form, in human form, taught us to uh, relate to the father. He is the word and the word leads us to father. So if we're ever in some sort of religious ceremony or religious setting where the word is emphasized, but no relationship, then let me tell you now that that is ungodly and it is not biblical because the word leads you to him. The word leads you to an intimate walk and relationship with father. And that is what you should have. Not just Bible knowledge. You should have a walk with God. In every walk with God I see in the Holy Scripture are walks with power and authority and God supernaturally works in their lives. Why would it stop at Revelation? No, the Father is still very active today in our lives and he still answers prayers. He still answers prayers. He's still moving among his people. Still moving among his people. Our journey today will start in the book of Acts, Acts the 14th chapter. You may be seated. Acts the 14th chapter. And we're going to read verses number 8 through 16, and it will start here today. As we continue to talk about evidence, they need evidence, part number two. They need evidence. The world needs to see evidence. Now, while we were in prayer this morning, the Lord brought these two scriptures up in my heart. And I want to, I know it's his will for me to bring these uh, back up before you today. And we're, I'm going to read two, uh, two texts of scriptures, then we're going to talk about it, and then we're going to go a little bit further on. I need you to see this. Acts the 14th chapter, Acts 14, verses 8 uh, through 16 out of the King James Version, read like this. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his, in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. Verse 9, the same heard Paul speak. What was Paul speaking about? The gospel of Jesus Christ. He was preaching the gospel. This same man heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceived that he had faith to be healed. Paul saw him and perceived it. Verse 10, said with a loud voice, Paul saying with a loud voice here, stand upright on thy feet, and he leaped and walked. Now, this is a man that had never walked before, lame from his mother's womb, lame from birth, and everybody knew this. He had never walked. Paul sees this man. He perceives that he has faith. He has taken hold of the gospel of Christ Jesus. He believes in Jesus as the man is hearing. Faith is filling his heart about what Jesus has said. Paul says, he prophesies, he declares, he says, stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the, saying in the speech of um, Ly Lyconia, the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. They said, these are gods. 
talking about Paul and the apostles. Look at verse number 12. And they called uh, Barnabas Jupiter and Paul um, Mercurius because he was the chief speaker. Verse 13, then the priest of Jupiter, which was before their city, brought oxen and garlands unto the gates and would have done sacrifices with the people, which when Paul, rather, which when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul heard of, they ran, rather, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out and saying, sirs, why do ye these things? We also are men. We also are men of like passions with you and preach unto you that ye should turn from uh, these vanities unto the living God, which, which had made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. So these men, the apostles, walked in such great power that it seemed to the world that they were that there were gods walking among them. They had the spirit of God upon their lives. And to the world it seemed as though they must be God. They saw something otherworldly on them. And the apostles had to correct them. No, it's not us. We are not, we are not gods. Don't start worshiping us. Don't start burning golden calves to us. I mean, don't, don't start doing that. No, no, no. They rent their clothes and say no. And they had to hurry and correct the people. It is Jesus. It is God in us that is doing these miracles. And these are the type of things that will happen as the spirit of God moves in his church in this hour. As he moves among his people, those that are following Jesus Christ, those that are wholly devoting their lives unto God. The spirit of God is going to move in your life so much, so much that it's going to appear to the world that you are something other than human. Because the spirit of God is moving and the world needs evidence and they will hear, they will hear your voice when they see a demonstration of God's power in your life. Look at Acts 28, Acts 28, verses 3, uh, we'll start at verse number 3. Here's another account here. In this account, Paul was, was shipwrecked, I believe, at Malta. And he was there with the crew, and, and they were cold, very cold. So Paul began to gather sticks to make a fire. Let's look on here. It says in verse number three, when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper or a snake out of the heat and fastened on his hand. That's a scary thought, isn't it? Verse 4, and when the barbarians, there were people living on that island when they were shipwrecked. There were people already on that island. When the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he uh, hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not uh, yet, um, vengeance, I believe, right? Uh, suffereth not to live. 
And so they thought, hey, this man, they thought Paul was just a sinner, and there's nothing godly about this man, and that he was getting his comeuppance. He was getting payback. He was going to die. But look what happened in verse number five. It says, and he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Miracle, miraculous, the power of God. Look at verse number six. Howbeit they looked, howbeit they looked when he should have swollen and fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while, they were studying his life. After they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Something has happened here. Something otherworldly. These people lived on that island. They'd seen this type of snake before. And they know what happens when someone is bitten by that snake. It's over. They even said he should have swollen. I mean, his swell is swelling up. The venom should have been extremely toxic. And he should have fallen dead. But they looked for a long time. He should not be alive right now. This should not be happening in his life. You know, we can say this person has lost their job, they, so they should have been put out by now. There's something going on there in their marriage. They should have been divorced by now. They see the trauma that's happening all around you, and they study your lines. Here's a generation that looks at you, and they study you. They don't say a word to you. They just look at you. They look at how you live. They look at, they, they look at how you, you, your family is. They, they look at how you spend your finances. There are people that are studying you, and you don't even know it. And when they, had, when they saw after a while, wow, hmm, there's something else with them. They assume once again, he must be a god. Why? Because the power of God was so present and evident in his life. He wasn't just a Sunday morning saint. He actually believed the words of the Father and took the Spirit to God, took the Spirit of God in his heart and gave his entire self to him. And the Holy Spirit is pouring out of his life, pouring out of his life, pouring out of his life. And they assumed he's a God. Then as account, the account goes on in here, he had to explain to them, no, I'm not, but I serve him. I know him, and he fills me with his power, and he fills me with his power. Look at John, look at John the fourth chapter once again, John the four, John four, John four and verse number 48. Just one verse, Jesus tells us this, as we talked about this on last time, John four, verse 48, he says something here that is that is quite prophetic and, and quite characteristic of the hour in which we're living in right now. He says, then said Jesus unto them, except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. And he goes on in the Matthew, we read this on last week of how a generation, there's a generation that seeks after signs and wonders, but they won't believe even though they see it. But then there are others that all they need to do is see and know that Jesus really is the Lord. And they will turn their hearts to him. They're a generation of people. There are, the Bible even says that all creation is groaning 
groaning, waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. They're waiting on the body of Christ to stand up in their sonship and become all that God has called them to be. All of creation is wondering, is this Jesus thing real? Or are Christians really just a bunch of hypocrites? Is it really real? I see you reading your Bible, but I don't see the Bible in you. I, I, I see you praying, but I don't see a change in your life. Is this real? There are people studying your life. They are reading the pages of your life, and they are drawing conclusions based on your witness and your testimony. That's a high price, isn't it? That your witness, your testimony can help usher people into the presence of God. Or will cause them to stumble away from the presence of the Lord. The Lord said we are his witnesses. We are his ambassadors. He's called us to do it. And we cannot do this or fulfill this commission without him. Without coming before him daily. And calling out before him. And confessing our sins before him. And counseling with him. And asking him to fill us in every place of our heart. Asking him to remove the pride and the selfishness that we have in us. Because we are very prideful and selfish people. And many are so narcissistic. It's always about us. And I know right. And I can do this. And I can do that. And the father says, no, it's not about you. It's all about me. And I will lead you in the way that you should go. Oh, if you just ask me and then follow after him, you need to ask the Lord to deliver you from spiritual pride because spiritual pride is like a snake that comes in and you don't know it's there until the Holy Spirit reveals it to you. Until he reveals it to you. So the Lord says again, the ministry of signs and wonders is needed. Because there's going to be a people who want to really come into fellowship with God, but they'll need to see it acted out in your own life. Not just a ministry of, of, of healings and miracles, but a life well lived. A life well lived. A life well lived. Jesus said in Acts, the first chapter, verse number eight, he said in Acts, remember this, Acts, the first chapter, verse number eight. The apostles had received the word. The disciples had received the word. But now he's about to send them forth. But before he sends them forth, he, he says this. He said, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. We said before, a witness provides evidence. He provides truth. Truth to, if it's in a courtroom situation, he provides evidence to the jurors. There are people over there on the jury stand. They're waiting on evidence. They're thinking in their heart, based on the evidence that you provide, whether this person will go away, whether they call this person guilty or, or innocent. Whether they will think that this claim is true or false, they are looking at your witness, your testimony, your testimony, how you relate to God. And let me tell you, we can't do that a faking and a phony. We're going to have to be real with him. These miracles will provide a platform for God to use you and you will speak and he will give you words to say to them. 
that will hear. These miracles, these signs and wonders, signs and wonders, and also a godly life will cause them to watch, will cause them to wonder. And they will, they will think that you're, that you're otherworldly. How is this possible? How is it possible? Now, let me show you another. The, the power of God was so much on the apostles. Now, I don't want us to say that, that all that ended with the apostles because God still does work through his people today. Let's go to Acts, the fifth chapter, Acts 5. Let me show you just a few verses here. Acts, the fifth chapter, Acts, verse, Acts the fifth chapter. Let's look at verse 14, 15, and 16. That's Acts 5, verse 14, 15, and 16. And the Bible says here, the believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes, both of men and women. That is, as the church were together. You can read the whole uh, chapter when you get home. Look at verse number 15. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches. Least at the, rather, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. So they believed in the power of God on the apostles so much that as Peter was walking, historians say or theologians say he was walking to prayer, going to the temple to pray. And they believed so much that the power of God was upon him. And they brought sick people. Can you imagine that? They brought people on stretchers and they laid them in the streets. And they knew that God was working in this man so much that his shadow coming across him would begin to heal people as he walked down the road. The power of God present in a man. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go unto my father. But we must hunger and thirst for it because it is available to us today. And the world needs to see it. They need to see it. Verse 16, it says, there came also a multitude out of, out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. They were healed every one. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? Now, why is God using such power? And we're about to close. Why is he using such power? Why is he investing such power into man? One we know, we know is to be a witness, to validate that the gospel of Jesus Christ is truth. Not just going forth with lip service, but the power of God is working with them. The power of God. Let's look at this. Why is this true? Let's go. Let's look at the Lord said here in, in John, the 14th chapter. Let's go. John, the 14th, John 14. Let's look at, let's look at maybe um, two or three verses here in John, the 14th chapter. I want you to see this in verse number 10. Now, again, it's important that you understand this. Look at this. The Lord says here. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Look at verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. In verse 12, we just said a moment ago, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, 
the works that I do shall he, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. This word also tells you that he's willing, God is willing to use every member of the body of Christ. It says, he that believes on me, or this person that believes on me. Not this minister, not this pastor, not this preacher. Whosoever, he says, he or she that believes on me. You are a candidate if you believe in Jesus, regardless of your age or regardless of your calling. If you believe in Jesus, the works that Jesus did, you will do as well. But you must desire these spiritual gifts. You must desire these spiritual gifts. Now, notice this also in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and let's look at verse number 18. I want to read this to you out of the New Living Translation, so hang with me, please. Please hang with me. 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 18 through 20. Not only did Jesus use ministry, the ministry of signs and wonders, his life really to validate that he was real, to validate the gospel, to show the world that the gospel was real and correct. The apostles did too. Look at this in 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse number 18. It says this, some of you have become arrogant, thinking I will not visit you again, but I will come and soon, if the Lord lets me, and then I'll find out whether these arrogant people just give pretentious speeches or whether they really have God's power. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. Are you living by God's power? It is your right as a child of God to live by God's power. You don't have to live a natural life when the Father is giving you opportunity to live a supernatural life life. There's a choice that he sets before you today, but you're going to have to grab it. You're going to have to go after it. You can live as again as a natural man, or you can live by God's power. Living by God's power uh, dictates that you're going to have to follow his will, and you're going to have to give your life to him. As you give your life to him day by day, confessing that, Father, I give my life to you. Father, help me to pray. Help me to study your word. Help me to do your will in my life because we're going to have to, you're going to need the Father's help. You're going to need the Father's help. Even your human strength or the power of your human will won't be able to take you in his presence. You're going to have to ask him. Start by asking him, Father, or start the conversation. Father, I want to be led by your spirit. I want to live by your power, but I ask you to help me to do that. Help me to desire to pray. Help me to desire to get in your word. Father, help me in the name of Jesus. You're going to have to begin to do that. You're going to have to begin to do that. When our social media time or television time or whatever things that we do far outweighs the time that we spend with God, it does that because there is some lie in play. There's something that we have believed inside of us that says that that time is more valuable than spending time with him. Now, there is a balanced life, and there is balance with uh, living life with family and with friends and going out and having fun. You should have a balanced life. 
But these things should not outweigh the time that you spend with Father, the time that you spend in his word. As a general rule, the more time you spend in the spirit, the more, this, more of the spirit's life you will see out of your life. The more time you spend in spirit life, that is, in spiritual things, in praying in the spirit and, and in his word, studying his word, the more time you spend with him, the more him you will see in your life. It is like someone that goes that spends a lot of time out in the sun. And the more time you spend in the sun, bless you, the more time you spend in the sun, the more change you will feel, the more change you will see. The more time you spend putting money in the bank, then the, you'll, the more money you'll have to take out of the bank. It just, it's, it's just that simple. But in order to do that, we've got to seek his face. We've got to ask him to help us to want to because flesh does not want to. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this moment you've given us. Father, I pray that every word that you've spoken by your spirit would be planted into good, fertile, rich ground. And Father, I pray that we would walk in your power, that we would walk in your presence every single day. I pray, Lord, that we would live the God life, that we would live a life of power. Lord, so much so that you would fill us up so much that we would leak out everywhere, that we would be uh, filled leaky vessels, leaking your presence everywhere we go. Either walking down the streets, walking or going to work, everywhere we go, cause them to see your presence active in our lives. We need your help to do this. So Father, first of all, we ask you to forgive us of all of our sins. And Father, we pray that, that the spirit of pride will be cast out of us, that we would dwell in true godly humility and that we would see a manifestation of your presence in our lives every single day because the world needs to see it. We thank you, Lord. And we humbly offer you this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.